lose everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, huh. oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Jake Seeley, your host, as always. If you're not following me, coming from today's amazing, terrific, wonderful guest, you can find me at All In Kid, or you can find me at theathletic.com, theathletic.com slash name of the show. Theathletic.com slash All In Sports gets you 40% off for an entire year. If you're new and if you haven't checked out the articles, the coverage from every sports angle, every sports team, your favorite ones, with customized feed, all the good stuff, all the additional podcasts, all the amazingness, you can go over there and check it out all in, as I said. So go check it out, theathletic.com slash all in sports. But uh, it's enough wasting time and talking about stuff. It's week 10. There's a lot of decisions to be made. There's a hell of a lot of bye weeks. It's the worst week yet. So let's stop the lane. And this week's guest is one of my favorite. And you know that because I've had him on several times. I always love having him on probably the last time for this season, but we'll have him again in the offseason because I just don't want to take up too much of his time because if you watch the NFL Network, if you pay attention to Twitter at all, you're following Marcus at Marcus G. You're watching him on the NFL Network. He has a ton going on. I know you have the podcast, you have the TV show, but Marcus, make sure in case people have been living under a rock, make sure that if they want more Marcus, where do they get more Marcus? I don't know everybody needs any of that, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we're uh, NFL Network. Uh, Fantasy Live is on five days a week at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. It's because of TNF for an hour earlier, but uh, the podcast is, uh, it's now three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find that. Uh, I'm on Twitter, as you mentioned, and also this new for this year, we're doing a thing called Fantasy League One, uh, which is kind of a, a fun league where it's, you know, six analysts, six celebrities, uh, and we do stuff. And then that airs on usually on NFL game day. So you figure Sunday, Monday, Thursday, uh, you can find that if you have downloaded the NFL fantasy app, you can find it there, but you can also find it on NFL.com too. Yeah, that's it. It's, it I've been watching that as well. I, I'm assuming my invite just got lost in the mail, right? That's, that's what happened with that one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I am not in charge of that, so uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw somebody else under the bus. It has nothing like, to do with me. I'm so. I, I, the funny thing was, is the footballers, great friends of both of ours. I was texting Mike Wright, and I was like, "Do you even know who you were sitting next to? The girl from The Flash?" And he was like, "I don't know." Who they mm. are. I was like, "Do you know the wrestlers? Are do you do you Lisa?" He's like, uh, "You know who Cody Rose is?" And he's like, "I mean, I know the name." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I hate you so much." Right now. <laughs> You know, they've been fun, too. Like, Cody and Brandy Rhodes have been great. Candace Patton has been amazing, especially because this was her first year playing fantasy football. Um, but she has a huge social media following, and she every week crowdsources her uh, her fantasy lineup decisions. And so far, oh, the nice. crowd has has not quite gotten the quarterback situation right. Like, like it's, you know... Like, you know, it's it's you know one week she'll sit Stafford and he'll go off, then she'll sit Wentz and he'll go off. So she hasn't quite gotten that right, but she's still I think like six and three, and and, and you know her team's doing really well this year. Oh, that's impressive. All right, so let's get into stuff to help other people with their fantasy lives. And speaking of impressive, now 
I don't know where you stood, Marcus, and I want to kind of, it's going to be a twofold question with this first, and you'll see why. So I have been this entire season, people keep saying, all right, should I sell low or sell high on uh, Nick Chubb because his value is going to drop when Kareem Hunt gets back? And my entire answer this season has been like, they're not going to go away from Nick Chubb, who is arguably on the cusp of being in that top five discussion with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and all the rest of them. If you look at what he's been doing this season, he's actually been a little bit better than Saquon Barkley, of all people. For that point, I was saying they're not going to just take touches away just because Kareem Hunt got back. However, it's not Kareem Hunt coming back, Marcus, which has got me scared now. It's Nick Chubb's use the past two weeks, which has dropped to 62 63% snap share last week and 60% this past week in week nine. Where are you with Kareem Hunt coming back? Are you as now nervous as I am? Were you nervous the entire time? Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about this entire situation? I wasn't really nervous. And, you know, although that was weird, all the Dontrell Hilliard use last week, I didn't really understand what, what was going on with that. Um, but part of the reason I, I haven't been willing to sell high on Nick Chubb is it's just so hard to find consistently productive running backs right now. And like, I just, I am just loathe to give one away. I don't really, you know, I mean, that's unless I'm really hurting somewhere else and I really have to make a big move. I just don't want to do that. And I'm sort of with you. Like, I, I just don't know that they suddenly give Kareem Hunt all this work. Like maybe he jumps in and he spells them. Maybe he ends up taking sort of that Don Trell Hilliard role, right? That he gets some of those snaps and gets some of those touches. But I just don't see him coming in and taking a lion's share of it because for all the things that have gone wrong in Cleveland with the Browns offense, Nick Chubb hasn't been one of them. He's been the most consistent right. producer they've had there. And so I just can't imagine, especially if you're Freddie Kitchens and now the, the drum beats are getting louder that you might not have a job next year. Why would you go away from the one thing that has consistently worked for you in this offense this year? I'm with you, but that use and it was. I know the week before this past week was the fumbling, but at the same time, what I mean, what if Kitchens is that crazy? What if he? What if he's got like the Nagy disease or the, the Adam Gase disease? And it's just spilling over, and you know he's like, hey, I took some of your touches away because of the fumbling, and well, Dontre Hillier last week. Well, now we have Cream Hunt, and I just I, I'm a hundred percent with you on Nick Chubb. I I was arguing for his talent, but if it's a sixty forty split, all of a sudden I'm concerned. I mean, yeah, except that, you know, where, do you, where are you going to go and find somebody that's going to get you that or better, right? right. Like, where are you right. going to go? Like, that, that's the thing is that if you've got Nick Chubb, you might as well stay with Nick Chubb because you're not finding anything better. Nobody's going to trade you Nick Chubb and have you upgrade your running back spot. So, <laughs> like, at this point, you might as well just hang on to him and ride it out. It's so funny you said that. I got a question in the waiver column this week. He's like, I'm looking to trade David Johnson. Uh, do you think I should get away from it and trade it for James Conner or Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb? I'm like, do you, do you realize what you're asking? Like, I'm not trying to like <laughs> disparage that guy, but it, it ties into what you just said. Like, Nobody's going to trade you better for just a straight up trade like that. Actually, here's an interesting one. Would you rather have, assume he's healthy because the reports are kind of iffy right now, but let's assume he's healthy. Would you rather have Le'Veon Bell or Nick Chubb the rest of the way? Probably Nick Chubb. Um, okay. I, it's it's close. Probably Nick Chubb. Although I will say this, like the Lev Bell and the Jets have a pretty decent schedule down the stretch, so maybe that that helps. But man, that that whole <laughs> offense is broken, man. And Adam yeah, Gase started, doesn't seem like he has any clues. <laughs> we saw how that turned out last week with that the beginning of that great schedule. <laughs> Man, I mean, look, Lev Bell ended up having a decent fantasy game with like a lot of those points coming in garbage time or whatever. Like he you know, just gobbled up a few cheap targets and got a few cheap catches or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was not great. 
No, it wasn't. And so this is stuff that I said after Thursday Night Football. And Thursday Night Football has nothing to do with Adam Gase except for there's a running back that used to play for him. I said, after that game, Adam Gase, the Jets should have called him up and fired him on the spot just from that performance on its own, just to show, hey, you're killing Le'Veon Bell. Hey, you had this guy that was misused and it just went off against the 49ers. Now, all that being said, David Johnson sounds like he's back this week. But speaking of back, we don't know the health of David Johnson, period, going forward. Is this a headache where you're getting out if you can get any value? Do you try to buy low on David Johnson on the other side of things? Do you say, I'm going to hold Kenyon Drake because if David Johnson can't get right, similar to Todd Gurley last year, maybe I do have a top 15, 20 running back. I, mean, like, I guess the biggest, the easiest answer, or I, say, I should say the easiest question for your answer is just, what are you doing with the Cardinals? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think at this point we can sort of move Chase Edmonds off to the side, right? Like I think I think I think his days there are sort of done, uh, at least for this season. Um, I'm still trying to buy into David Johnson, and maybe it's because I just am a fan of him, and I feel like you know I'm waiting for him to to come and 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 kind of fulfill that promise. I also think after spending a couple of weeks out, right? And look, I, I know that teams, I know that Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals and and the Cardinals social media. To, department doesn't really care what a lot of us on Twitter have to think. I know that it, I know that I know that nobody in the desert is losing sleep over national fantasy analysts using their platform to rail against the Cardinal social media department. I know that's not a thing, but <laughs> after after you know putting him out there, having him active and having him play what is it, two snaps or three snaps or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago and then yanking him off the field. Like I feel like they have they have taken this time to make sure that he's healthy and he's ready to go. So, I think he's going to be back out there. I think he's going to have a large role, but I do think that they're going to figure out a way to try and get both Johnson and Drake on the field as much as they possibly can. I mean, you've got a guy in David Johnson that you know you can line up as a, a, a slot receiver. You can line him about wide, and you can put Kenyon Drake in the backfield. You can use both those guys simultaneously. And so I, I see a situation where both of them still have a little bit of value. I mean, maybe it seems frustrating because we're, you know, I'm, I'm sort of trying to dance around the word committee. Uh, and maybe that's what it's for Sitsu, but it's not enough for me to just completely jettison David Johnson right now. Okay, then let's turn to a team which it <laughs> is looking like the definition of committee because now Mark Walton has been suspended for four games and the Dolphins' backfield is a dumpster fire. Uh, the cliche is, is true when it comes to that because Blodge stinks. Uh, Miles Gaskin, drafted late in the draft, has barely got any run. Patrick Laird made some noise during the preseason, but has not been active most of the season, and he was an undrafted free agent. Are we doing the Balash thing again, if it's just because he's the first man up? Or are you going to let somebody else take him and say, you know what, I'll throw a flyer of a free spot on Gaskin or Laird? Or you're just like, I'm not even going to waste my time. Well, look, I, I have a roster where in the last few weeks, like literally everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Uh, I put in a waiver claim for, for Kalen Balazs. That's where we are right now. Um, look, I'm, and I'm not proud of it. I'm not excited about it. But that's where I am right now because I look. I was the one who went out and like tried to get ahead of the curve on Mark Walton, expecting maybe a decent game against the Jets. That didn't happen. Now he's suspended. So like, yeah, I'm I'm next man up, and I'm going Kalen Balazs. But I do feel like. If you have other options, don't do it. Don't do this to yourself, right? Like, you know, I, I really felt like once they found Walton that the Bellage experiment was going to be over. I really thought it should have been over early in the season when he ducked out of the way of a ball thrown in his direction. Like, that to me would have been like, okay, 
we're done with you now. But, I, you know, like, it, it, I can see this being just a mess, right, where Balaj gets a few touches and then we see Gaskin and then we see Laird and it just ends up being a mess and nobody wins there. But, I look, I get it. If you're in the same situation I am and you are, you are a, a – drowning man in the ocean and you were like reaching for that life preserver but if if you at all have options please don't do this all right well let's 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 say you are that person you are that person marcus that i, I don't even have to say I am. you just just said that if you could only choose one you have to choose somebody from the dolphins or somebody from the lions backfield are you gonna go with lions or are you gonna go over there instead uh, no, no, I, I think I'm going to go Dolphins just because I feel like the Dolphins at least have a little bit more balance in their offense. I mean, I think at this point when, when carry on Johnson went down, Matt Patricia just said to hell with it. We're just going to sling the rock now. Right. And it's, it's literally just Matt Stafford. It's back to the old Matt Stafford, right? Like when he was throwing the ball like 650, 700 times a year, like that's kind of what they look like now. Um, yeah. So I, think, I think they've just, you know, they really have just decided, you know, we're just going to go back and be pass happy. At least the Dolphins still have the pretense of trying to run the football. So I, I think I'd probably lean that direction. Okay. All right. Let's continue to talk some running backs now. I don't know if you guys have yet because I haven't actually caught any of your shows these first two days of the week, but I poured one out on Monday for Frank Gore. I'm kind of curious if you did the same because something I said over the weekend, Marcus is like, we never wanted to be left holding the bag. And we felt like that was going to happen for the past three seasons. It's finally happened in my opinion. Or do you have the same opinion? And I want to loop in another vet with him. And that's LaShawn McCoy because LaShawn McCoy, ever since he fumbled, looks like his time is done too. Is it possible that both these vets are no longer fantasy relevant? I haven't said it out loud because it hurts my heart so much to do so, but I, I, I am starting to think that like father time might've caught up to Frank Gore and like, I don't, it, it hurts me to say those words out loud. It really does. But I think that's where we are now because Devin Singletary has looked really good the last couple of weeks and, and they've recognized it and they're starting to give him more opportunities there in Buffalo. And look, to be honest, he's earned it. Um, and you're right. Like we've sort of been expecting this day to come for Gore for the last couple of years. And it looks like it may finally be here. So uh, yeah, I like, this is sort of like when the Warriors, you know, when I was in college and they, they traded Tim Hardaway to the Miami <laughs> and like as a huge warrior fan like i still wouldn't take my hardaway poster down but my, my, my roommate almost staged an intervention because i just wouldn't let it go that's sort of how i feel about trying to drop frank or right now i just don't know that i can bring myself to do it um as for Lashawn mccoy i'm not totally ready to to say goodbye yet and this isn't because i think he's gonna like really step up and do something uh it's just more that like i don't really believe that Damian Williams has grasped this job by the throat necessarily. Like I, I know he had what, you know, statistically was a really big day last week, but let's keep in mind, 91 of those yards came on one play. Right. Um, so it's not like there's anybody else in that backfield that has really taken over and, and just forced McCoy to the sideline permanently. I can still see a situation where he gets some snaps, he gets touches and, and he just really finds a way to have a couple of big weeks. I mean, if you look at, what those guys have done uh, in terms of their overall kind of snap share, you look at their touches, they're almost identical, which has made it nearly impossible for us to kind of figure out. So I don't necessarily love, you know, having LaShawn McCoy on my roster, but I, I don't know that he's completely dead yet. All right. That's certainly fair. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. It's, it's just, it's the freaking chiefs. It's like, <laughs> if I get a piece of that, it's, it's so tempting. All right. 
T.Y. Hilton is out for a few weeks. And on top of that, Paris Campbell broke his hand. So we know Zach Pascal has become a thing. That's not a question. Everybody knows that at this point. At least anybody that's in a 12-team team, 12 team league or bigger, I'm assuming, knows that at this point. It's after that where the question remains. Do you think it's Chester Rogers because he's been the red zone option even when there were more options out there? Do you think Deion Kane finally starts to make some noise? Granted, he was just a game day inactive two weeks ago. Or do you think this is kind of what we thought with the Paris Campbell situation is that Naheem Hines starts seeing some snaps at the line of scrimmage and the fact of out of the backfield and kind of what Paris Campbell took away from him? Uh, all of the above, which I think makes it even, which I think makes it even more frustrating, right? Because I think you're going to see, you know, like I know I think Chester Rogers is going to be the guy that a lot of people will gravitate toward on the waiver wire. Um, and I get that. Uh, I just don't know that any one of those guys is going to get enough of a target share to really make it worth your while, right? Like what Rogers will get some, Kane will probably get in the mix. Naheem Hines, who we've seen, you know, even in the best of times, when the Colts have to go to the air, when they have to run their two-minute drills, he's the guy that's on the field instead of Marlon Mack. So um, I, I do think it's going to be a situation where all those guys sort of rotate through and it's just going to be an unsatisfying situation for all of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, if you're desperate at running back, is Heinz can't be sitting out there in your league if you're turning to Kalen Blage, can he? I'm assuming no. Uh, no, he's 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 gone. So <laughs> I, I'm going with the Blage option. Yeah, it's just it's it's a wasteland out there. <laughs> That's so miserable. I'm with you. Actually, in my one league, I'm because of buys. I'm trying to Blage might be my best pickup because I I'm like you. I lost Gaskin too, but and Heinz is gone. All these guys are gone. All right, so Rams wide receiver outside in your country out there. Brandon Cooks sounds like we could be looking at Sterling Shepard, as in this season might be done. And the, the, just at least the reports are talking. That's how serious they're taking it. So assuming he's out, Josh Reynolds had a huge game coming replacing him. And Josh Reynolds, as for people out there, I know you know this, Mark, and for people out there, like he brings a different dimension, obviously, than Brandon Cooks, but also because he's their biggest wide receiver by a decent margin over Cup, Woods, and Cooks uh, considerably. Do you think there's potential sneaky value here with Josh Reynolds when you look at his yards per target and his air yards and his touchdown upside? Or do you think because Gerald Everett's become a thing that it's going to still be cup and then he's going to mix and match with Robert Woods any given week? Uh, basically, kind of your thoughts on what this does to the receivers going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Reynolds' biggest value is sort of as a red zone target. I mean, I know he came in after Cooks went out uh, a couple weeks ago, and and he saw a whole lot of work, and that was certainly encouraging. I mean, it would have been nicer if we all got a heads up. Like, you know, Josh Reynolds gets all this production and nobody's starting him because, you know, nobody do. Um, right. But I do think he has some he has some red zone potential. I mean, I think we saw it uh, with last year. I think it was like that big game against the Vikings. Right when that, that was like a track meet with the Rams and Vikings on Thursday Night Football. Josh Reynolds, I think, had a couple of touchdowns in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think that happens there. But I think in terms of, of like where the targets go, where the yards go, I think you're still looking more at Gerald Everett, who, uh, you know, sort of did me dirty like a couple weeks ago I promoted him as being a thing and said you got to get this guy you know put him in your lineup and then I think he had like two targets and like one catch or something like that like thanks a lot but uh <laughs> I, I do think that he's the guy actually sort of going forward but Josh Reynolds will have that touchdown upside which especially in deeper leagues will make him at least uh you know a, a guy that you have on your roster and maybe you consider putting it at the flex yeah, I'm with you. I think he's going to be intriguing. And to be honest with you, it wouldn't shock me with the things how have they have, they've been going on this team if he outscores Woods for as long as Cooks is out. Just not saying it's going to happen. It just wouldn't be shocked that if it happened. All right, let's talk two tight ends, and they're young tight ends. One's a rookie, another one's just now in his second year. But Noah Fant 
and Gesicki are becoming things. Uh, Noah Fan's been getting snaps the entire year for everybody out that knows that it's just been Emmanuel Sanders was on this team for a while. Now he's gone. There's a different quarterback, whether or not that comes into play for you or for anybody else. But anyway, he's getting his opportunities. Granted, this is another one similar to Damian Williams. It was a big play. Gesicki has the opportunity with a wide receiver, Preston Williams, going down, and he's been building a rapport and starting to develop finally, which people thought would possibly happen earlier this year. Are they both on your radar? Does one intrigue you more than the other? Uh, I mean, I know fans on a buy, but if you're looking for tight end help, uh, prefer one to the other? Uh, I was big on Noah Fant, you know, coming out of the draft, coming out of the combine even. You know, and I know people were big on Hawkinson, understandably. I also love Noah Fant, and it's taken a while for him to sort of get going. I still think he's – I don't know that he's getting enough targets for me to, to, to feel comfortable. And, I, you know, he had a game a couple weeks ago where he saw a number of targets, and he just struggled to hold on to the football. And so that, that I think, makes me a little bit concerned. Uh, so I, I think I would give Gasicki probably more of an advantage here, especially now with no Preston Williams. Um, hey, look, by the way, the Devontae Parker breakout, such as it is, it's, it seems to be sort of happening this year, right? Like, just when we all gave up on him, now we just decide. four to years to too late. <laughs> but, yeah, right? But, uh, but with, with Dickey or with uh, Williams gone, I think, uh, I think Mike Gasicki starts to see some more opportunities. So he's probably the guy I would lean with. Hey, look, man, I, and I was a big Josh Rosen fan when he got drafted. Uh, that obviously hasn't worked out. Ryan Fitzpatrick has made the offense, like, credible with him at quarterback. Yeah, which is crazy to say. I mean, I can't we're, we're talking this much Dolphins. I feel like sick in my stomach. <laughs> I, to your point, you know Devontae Parker's 34th on the year at wide receiver even after that tough start to the uh, year? I mean, if I think about it, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But, yeah, I never would have picked that at the start of the year. Here's one for you, and just because they're back-to-back. Would you rather have Devontae Parker or Tyrell Williams the rest of the way? Uh, Parker, just because his schedule, I think, is a little bit better. Yeah, and Tyrell Williams has had like a crazy touchdown rate. All right, so speaking of rather having, and that's why I put that here, rather having the rest of the way, I think you know this, but anybody who listens to the podcast know this. I hate Jared Cook. I hate him so much. I hate him in fantasy. I'll never <laughs> own him. Well, here's why. It, like I explain this to everybody. So Pat Mayo has worst place Mark Ingram. It's always been Jared Cook for me, and it's the same reason. So the reason he hates Mark Ingram, and he doesn't do it as much anymore, but the reason he was there in the first place is the same reason I put Jared Cook there is because when you count on him, he doesn't show up. And then when you finally cut bait and move on, he pops off. And then you get it back on board and you get sucked in. And not to mention, on top of that, the matchups never make sense. He'll go off against the Bears, and then he'll go up with a goose egg against the Cardinals. And so that's why Jared Cook is the worst. So <laughs> I bring all that up to say I want to play a little game the rest of the season, just a couple, and you can give me like a one or two sentence reason why. Jared Cook or tight end for the rest of the year. So we just talked about two of them. Noah Fant or Jared Cook, rest of the season for you. Taysom Hill? <laughs> Can I say that one? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, so Jerry Cook or Noah Fant for the rest of the year? Uh, I guess Noah Fant. Uh, um, <laughs> you say, you're right. You should say that with more confidence. <laughs> I, you know, but seriously, I mean, I, I wasn't in on Jerry Cook this year, right? And I, I think I wrote about it in, in the preseason. It's just like last year he succeeded in large part because just he had an enormous – this volume of targets, right? He had well over 100 targets. And there was just no way that on a team with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, he was going to see that level of 
of activity this year. You know, and I think now having watched Darren Waller and what he's done, you also got to throw in the fact that John Gruden's offense uh, just seems conducive to tight ends being successful. So, uh, you know, Jared, Jared Cook was always, I think, this year destined to be frustrating. And yeah, I know he had a couple of nice games, but I, I just I wasn't touching him this year. So I, I guess no offense. <laughs> I think you should be happier about that. How about Jared <laughs> Cook or well, how about this one? Chris Herndon, assuming he's finally healthy. Ooh, Chris Herndon. Uh, okay. For real, for real. Yeah, because, I mean, Sam Darnold, uh, one, loves his tight ends. He loves his tight ends and his slot receivers. I think some of that is just who Darnold is. I think some of it is also because he has an offensive line that can't protect him, so he's just got to get the ball out quick, um, <laughs> which really hurts Robbie Anderson. But, I mean, look, dude, Robbie. And Griffin leads the Jets in touchdown receptions this year with three. So when, when that's Chris Herndon's role, like I, I feel a lot better with him. <laughs> how about um, let's say how about TJ Hawkinson or Jared Cook? Oh, that's a coin flip. Because really, I mean, aside from that big week one game, like really has Hawkinson done anything? Like that, yeah, really? really? Um so and you know. You know, I still I'm going to go Hawkinson, right? Because I said earlier, I was talking about the, the Lions just saying to hell with running the football, we're going to throw it. So just <laughs> based on potential opportunity alone, I'm going to go Hawkinson. All right. How about I'll, I'll get two more for you. Janu Smith for as long as Delaney Walker is out. It's got to be Janu, right? Oh, yeah, it's Janu. It's Janu. I mean, that, that's easy. We have reached a point in the season where, like, we've decided that Ryan Tannehill is actually worth our while. Like, that's that's where we are now. Like, we, I was we, excited to get him in Superflex League. Right. I mean, the moment we saw Mariota get benched, everybody's like, "Hey, Ryan Tannehill!" Like, this is. Uh, I mean, you know what it was? We were the you know, we were the meme of the dude looking back at the chick walking the you know, yeah. walking the other way. Like, that's that's that was us, and like that was Ryan Tannehill walking the other way. You know, you brought up Josh Rosen. How crazy is the fact that we got excited in fantasy for Ryan Fitzpatrick or Fitzpatrick's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill this year? Right, right. Well, there was a week where, where like they were both like top five quarterbacks. It's wild, isn't that crazy? Did you? Oh, did you, did you see that? Oh, by the way, on your network when they mentioned that this was the first week in NFL history that three quarterbacks with the last name Allen all won in the same week. No, I did so with Kyle, Josh, and, and Brandon. Uh, Brandon. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wild. Never happened before. All right. <laughs> Here's the last one. And I do want to stop on this one real quick. We'll close out the show with this because there's a situation that has developed with the injury on this team. So I'm going to answer or ask you the question first, Jared Cook or Dallas Goddard the rest of the way. That's the first part. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I might I might give this one to Jared Cook. Uh, oh. just, only because... It's November, right? And this is traditionally when Zach Ertz, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's a tradition unlike any other. Zach Ertz showing up right around Thanksgiving time to like eat all your food. Um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if last week was any, any indication, maybe he started to come back into our lives. And especially, look, I, Deshaun Jackson obviously is, is done for the year and, and hasn't really been an impact player. I think well, that's where the I was Eagles figured out they, they have to get. They've got to get Ertz more involved now, and I, I think we're going to start to see him kind of get more targets. Okay, so that was going to be my question. That's where I was going to go with the second part of it, is the fact that now Deshaun Jackson's officially done for the year. Are you concerned that we go back to the struggles of Ertz from earlier, where defenses just focus on stopping him and saying, go ahead, try to beat us with Goddard and Alshon Jeffrey? No, I mean, look, I... I... 
they haven't had Deshaun Jackson all year, and somehow he was able to, to survive last week. Um, now, I, I think that at some point, Nelson Aguilar has to you know stop being a meme and actually start being a, a productive football player. That so maybe awesome. that, uh, you know, he had, he had that one, one year, right? He had one year where he was decent. Uh, he hasn't been able to duplicate that. And now I see what they, they're at least bringing in, or did they actually sign Jordan Matthews? Because, like, you know. I saw they, they brought him in. I don't know if they signed him yet. I mean, that's like, you know, for all you 80s kids out there who watch Cheers, I mean, that's a Sam and Diane relationship if I ever saw one, the, the Eagles and Jordan Matthews. You don't have to be. I mean, you could have watched it on replay. I'm not an 80s kid. That's true. I've, I've seen, I've seen right, replays cool. of it. <laughs> yeah, so all right, that's fair. <laughs> that's certainly fair. Like, let's say, yeah, he uh, visited the a Eagles. Ro- a, a, a Ross and Rachel relationship. How about we do that one? There that's you go. A- <laughs> there you go. So she, we're going to tell me Jordan Matthews is going to get off the plane. Did they get off the plane? He got off the plane. <laughs> you know, like, you know, they're going to talk about, you know, the, the Eagles be like, you were with the 49ers. And he was like, we were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what does that have to say about J.J. Ortega Whiteside, which, by the way, is uh, – did you know that? Did you know that was the correct pronunciation? Uh, we – you know what? That's a thing that we learned early in the season, and I was like, he went to Stanford for like 17 years and was Arcega Whiteside the whole yes. time. So <laughs> I was like, I watched the broadcast. I watched him film to <laughs> scout this kid. Nobody was saying Ortega. Nobody said it. Right. And then like week one, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm Ortega Whiteside. Like, okay. Yeah, sure. Correct us now. Uh, but I shall hopefully, here's, your, here's the segue to finish things up. You're going to love this, Marcus. Hopefully correcting anybody out there who is not following you at Marcus G and not paying attention to your work. So one more time before you get out of here, remind everybody when the show airs, 6 p.m., which I just gave you a little spoiler for everybody, <laughs> show your podcast especially, which is always a great list, and everything you got going on. Yeah, uh- uh, Fantasy Live, uh, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, except Thursdays, which is 5 p.m. Eastern because of TNF. Uh, the podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Fantasy League One, which is, uh, okay, this is going to get confusing. League One is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, but you can <laughs> find that on NFL.com. Right? You, gotta, <laughs> you can find that on NFL.com or uh, or in the NFL fantasy app. And then, yeah, I, uh, I have random musings on, on Twitter.com at Marcus G. Although I feel like I'm more of an observer than, than a participator. I kind of jump, I, I stick and move. Like I'll tweet and then I'll vanish for like a few hours and I'll come back sort of thing. So quality uh, over quantity there. There you go. Yeah, that's what I, I try I, for. I told you you won the day. That that, that tweet with the mustache <laughs> pulled off of the jab, that was definitely the tweet of the day. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that, was, uh, that was good. I thought it was good. Uh, thanks, Marcus. It's always a great time. Oh, good time, Jake. And as always, a reminder, you can check me this week on the Footballers Podcast for the DFS for the rest of us, that DFS podcast with Chris Meany and Joel Holka. But as a sneak preview, as I always do, give you some interesting plays using FanshareSports.com, which projects the ownership using people tweeting, people talking about it, site suggesting players, all that type of stuff. It's a great tool to have. Again, I promote them because I love them. They gave me a discount code to give to you guys. All in kid gets you 20% off. But at running back, I know he's been miserable. I know the team is miserable. I know they have a new quarterback, and who knows what he's going to be like. But we also possibly have a returning wide receiver who is arguably still inside the top 10, even with his issues of coming back from health and not knowing. All this being there, there's a lot of ifs, if you didn't notice. But this is why he's a tournament play. This is why you're going for the upside. Joe Mixon's price is as low as you probably ever found Joe Mixon over his career at this point. Well, at least since he broke out. 
with AJ Green coming back. Emery Hunt wrote an article over at The Athletic detailing Joe Mixon's season and how it could get better. You go read it. It's a great one. Again, you can use the code from earlier in this show, All in Sports, the slash All in Sports, and get 40% off. But Joe Mixon could turn the corner with defenses having to give more attention to AJ Green. Gives a rebound back to Tyler Boyd. A lot of opportunities here, including Joe Mixon. Not a great play for a team that's as hot as the Ravens are, but if you're looking for the tournament, if you're looking for the low ownership, if you're looking to throw the curveball on everybody else, I think Joe Mixon is somebody you could look at at running back. Again, tournament, tournament only, GPP. Well, wide receiver, same thing from a different angle. You know, A.J. Green's way down there. I'm not ready to go there yet because I want to know what the volume's going to be like. Tyler Boyd plays better when he's out there. Auden Tate's become a thing. So I'm going to go super deep on you guys. And I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds. Brandon Cook sounds like he could potentially be out for the season. And Josh Reynolds brings a whole dimension to this offense that even Brandon Cooks doesn't. It's the size. It's another red zone presence. You saw the use when Brandon Cooks left that game. I would not be surprised if Josh Reynolds outscores Robert Woods the rest of the way. Everybody's on Robert Woods because of the opportunity going there with no Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, obviously, and Gerald Everett at tight end. But the sneaky one might be Josh Reynolds, especially because his price is so cheap and people don't seem to be on him despite having a nice game after Brandon Cooks exited that last game before their bye. So Josh Reynolds is another one. We're going to talk about them both probably tomorrow and a lot more on that DFS show. I'll talk a lot more to help you guys get ready for week 11 next week with another good guest for you guys. So subscribe, rate, five stars, all the good stuff. Catch us tomorrow. Well, them and me tomorrow and all the stuff at The Athletic. Good luck in week 10. Survive in advance, especially with six teams on a bye. Have a good one, everybody.